access tonight. Hello, everybody. I know I sound, well, I don't sound too dead. But welcome back to another episode of Access Tonight. That's your ASMR for tonight. I'm doing it early. Because the girl is tired. She went to work today. Had a rough day up until about an hour ago. So, you know, it's, we're recuperating, but, you know, you gotta get this done. Um, also, because these are the last two episodes to a special series, because who knows when I'll be able to invest time in one topic again. So, I decided to make the last two a look back on the good, the bad, and the okay. And in this one, um, we're gonna talk about um, diversity in animation when it comes to TV shows because I know I've been talking movies and what movies worked and what movies didn't but I was like let me give some credit to TV um, animators because they really get a bad rep and they're an amazing amazing group of people and I have some great examples in here some examples that got me thinking so I'm glad you're joining me tonight if you're listening in um, you're gonna get a very tired Danny. We're gonna try and be a little excited, but we're also gonna still be very dead inside. So, without further ado, let's do it, baby boo. Let's start with the fun ones. Now, when it comes to TV animation, it's a whole nother realm. But, um, for some people, there's more but less on the line, a little more freedom, and a cost to open up boundaries. So, a few shows in my lifetime have done that, but that doesn't mean we can't discredit the ones who paved the way. So let's talk about some shows that set the bar for potential on what can be done with animation and um, basically to celebrate and respect POCs, even the fictional ones. So I'm going to start with Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Avatar The Last Airbender was released in 2005, actually on my birthday. <laughs> Greatness comes in many forms, that's all you're going to hear. And The Legend of Korra came out in 2012. Now, um, these two are by the same people, so I just put them together. Now, I don't need to go into detail at all about how amazing this show is, but to quote Uncle Iroh himself, understanding the different nations and their purpose can make one whole. Or, or something philosophical like that, I don't remember. But I love how different groups have different representations and tradition. And yes, there were some gags about um, how different some cultures were and whatnot, but most of the time, I think it was homage to like, tribes and their different ways of life, and even the research that went into basing groups off of like real-life groups. And I think that was res um, represented respectfully. Um, Brian and... I forgot his name. Brian and Mike. There we go. They did an amazing... Or, or Sorry, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Um, they did an amazing job with the show. Honestly. Um, of course, little girl me thought Katara was black for like the longest time. But who knows? We'll just call her ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> but <laughs> I think she represents all girls. But I really enjoyed... Um, um, learning more about the Earth Kingdom and the Water Kingdom and the Air Kingdom. And they did a lot in the show, but also when you get to the comics and um, the other books that they released, they really do talk more about what went into creating the nations and stuff like that. So if you get some time, do some research on that. Very, very beautiful stuff. Now, okay, this episode is going to be pretty fast because right now we're just doing honorable mentions and talking about shows you should check out. So, luckily for you guys, you don't have to hear me be a crazy hair today. Um, but now, next, we're going to talk about something that I wanted to categorize together. Because they do got similar things going on, 
and it works but it doesn't now disclaimer i'm not chinese american it's purely observation and i double checked all these shows have to do with chinese americans or chinese culture period so yeah now when it comes to jackie chan adventures released in 2000 the life and times of juniper lee released in 2005 and American Dragon, Jake Long, which was also released in 2005. My big thing is that they have a lot of magic and stuff going on, but from different perspectives. What hurts me is that they look like they try to do more, but sometimes it felt very flat. Now, they're all, ni they're all like protectors of something and have a nice family with a mystical grandparent. Well, uncle in the case of the Jackie Chan adventures. And they fight off evil spirits. Each show had their own unique way of adding more, but you can see... The, um, the gradual shiftish of the stereotype um, higher um, into the years we go. These three shows were a great example of building from the ground up and understanding that you don't always have to have a, um, a, to rely on the stereotype to make a good show. And I honestly just think that it's, it's cool that this, um, that these shows had such a great representation of Chinese American culture. Um, Life of Times of Juniper Lee, I think, is the one that was most like relatable because it's kind of like Atomic Betty minus you know Atomic Betty's in space, and then Juniper Lee is just this, like this average typical girl who has a streak in her hair, but she also just happens to be the protector of her little tri-state area town. Um, and that's the thing: great characters, great people on the outside, and then and you know for reasons they add the whole mystical grandma aspect and your protector of the city kind of thing and i get it but i just feel like the same thing with coco like these are great but can you like actually make a person that doesn't have to be you know going through the same issue except for this one's a girl with a streak in her hair and this one's jackie chan and this one's a boy with also some streaks in his hair. And he lives in New York, you know. So, <laughs> so as soon as I said that, I thought about, I'm the Mac Daddy Dragon of the NYC, you heard? So I guess Dante Bosco's um, character of Jake Long is different in that regard. Because um, he is the Mac Daddy Dragon of the NYC. <laughs> anyway, so enough of that topic. I'm just... Like I said, we're breezing through this. So, I want to talk about some good coming-of-age animation that came out in the past couple years. Um, both under Cartoon Network. Now, I gotta give some praise to Cartoon Network because they've been doing an amazing job lately with um, giving animators a chance to show their craft. And there's a lot of great animators out there who are now coming out and sharing their craft and they're being realistic and they're being cool and they're, you know opening opening the third eyes <laughs> sorry that's never ASMR um so um I'd like to talk about Craig of the Creek and Steven Universe um Craig of the Creek was released in 2018 and Steven Universe was released in 2013 now let's start with the Craig of the Creek Craig of the Creek is about a little black boy named Craig okay and he's got friends and they live near a creek that they used to go or they, that they used to go on adventures and meet new people and become their own persons it's like one of those down-to-earth you know children's shows and it reminds them one of their um childhoods of meeting friends and exploring places you shouldn't and it's just so cute like 
It's the most simplistic premise, and yet so full of heart and so full of character. And um, funny enough, this show was written by a caucus, and I'll go into detail. <laughs> Don't make me use that phrasing, but yeah, it. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> so now we're gonna go into Steven Universe because it is kind of like we're dealing with a little mixed kid here, half white, half gem. You know, pick and choose what you want. Um, now it's a little more heavy, <laughs> at least more now with Steven Universe Future. But for those of y'all who haven't converted yet, this is one of those shows that has multiple main characters. And it's Garnet, Amethyst, and Pearl, and Steven. And they are the Crystal Gems, and they, um, and the lore and the plot is heavy, um, to put into an already packed episode, but they do a really, really good, um, job on, um, tales of change, acceptance, mental health, accountability, responsibilities, relationships, feelings, communication, and way more than I can put into this right now. <laughs> um, you would think that coming of age is all Steven, but... It is the gems too. Now they have to deal with a boy that um used to be his mother because they can't both exist. I know it's confusing to people by just talking, but it's truly um a show that one has to experience for themselves if they wanna. It's it's kind of a it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it's worth the buzz. I honestly, when I first heard about the show, didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as I did. And you know, years in it's probably one of the greatest shows I've watched in a long time. And I watch a lot of stuff. So I give props to Steven Yu and all their endeavors. So one thing I wanted to talk about is actual voice acting because the character's great. Representation, awesome. Now voice acting. There's not a lot of people going into voice acting. So um, yeah, like I was saying, lack of diverse voice actors. Some examples do not have POC voice talent, and there are some talented people out there, but it's hard to begin to find people to start with. But the times are changing, y'all, and um, the recent examples I've listed do have diverse characters and a diverse cast, and it is a step in the right direction, like Steven Universe. Zach Callison, he's POC. There's Estelle. You'll be my American boy. And then... Wow, um, Dee Dee Magno Hall, and then I forget Amethyst's voice actor's name every time. Like, it's in the back of my mind, but I can't pull it out, and I'm too tired to Google it, so. <laughs> Amethyst, she's of POC descent. We have a lot of different characters represented who are also represented by people of varying um, backgrounds. And then there's examples like um, Legend of Korra. Korra is obviously of color. But she's voiced by um, a very talented voice actress, by the way. Her, her name is Jenny something, and I can't remember. Um, but basically, long story short, a lot of the cast was same with um, Avatar: The Last Airbender. I mean, they're all gringo except for Dante. Um, and then that's pretty much all I can think of. I'm sure there's other POC characters, but Dante out of the main crew, Dante is the one that pops into my head. So you know. It's, they're great voice actors. I'm not disregarding anyone's beautiful voice acting skills because voice acting is a true art. People put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, Anthony Padilla, if those of you are familiar with YouTube, he used to be in this big YouTube channel thing. And he's made his own channel and he's doing great. He interviewed voice actors. 
and they really go into like the fact that sometimes um one of them like would cough up blood because he had to do a really hard voice or it's exhausting using your voice i would know i work with um in public stuff um with visitors so i'm always just talking and it really takes a toll on you i probably lost my voice about three times last month alone um and so i understand but for me i think it just makes a difference when you have the POC voice talent because it's the same energy as having like a little Latina girl being seen by a Latina doctor or a little ba black boy being seen um, by a black historian or a non-binary fashion inspired person looking up to uh, the top fashion designer who also happens to be non-binary you know little things like this go a long way and it opens more potential and I do know one thing about this, that are more attainable and you have more more of a motivation to go for it if you can see yourself in it. So I think it's just very important to um, endorse um, voice talents, especially POC voice talents, because I'm, for example, I've always just had a weird voice. If someone's out there like, you have a weird voice, you should be going yachting. And I'd be like, you know what, why not? But no, I need to pay bills. I'm also very shy. And to be honest, as someone who talks a lot everywhere, I really don't like talking. You'd be surprised. <laughs> it takes a lot for me to take all this energy out of myself um, to do these things. But, you know, it's something too I enjoy because I'm really in my head a lot. <laughs> so, friends, I tell you not to look at these examples and take a deep breath because they have left their mark. And we shall be seeing more in our coming years until inevitably, inevitability comes for us all. We're not done yet because I do have some honorable mentions. I'm not going to go without mentioning some of my favorite um, animated TV series. We're definitely not going to talk about Disney TV series because we had some good ones. Disney had some great animated TV shows, but not enough to qualify for a list. But I do have some other great shows that um, I put on my list and I was watching and I was like, oh my God, I forgot how great this show is. I should talk about it. And I actually have like biographies on them because I was like, you know, some of these are less known. Some of these are part of a different generation. So maybe people haven't gotten to enjoy the fruits of this labor. So I just thought I'd put a little light on it, you know. So let's start with Static Shock, released in 2000. It's based off the 1993 DC comic series, um, you know, called Static. It's all static, no shock. You know, it's just called Static. Shock is just part of the gag. And it premiered on Kids WB, Warner Brothers, for those who don't know, in 2001. The show even won a daytime Emmy, it's so darn good. Well, I mean, I know these things don't mean anything anymore, but still. It was kind of loosely based off of Spider-Man, but I think it did a great job at finding its own identity and showing even more struggles of being a teenager and a superhero, and a black teenager for that. There's an episode where one of his friends gets shot, and he gotta deal with that. There's one episode where he tortures the Joker. I don't know how he mentally deals with that, but, you know, great show. Hilarious boy. I love it. <laughs> well, hilarious boy. <laughs> but no, like, honestly, Static Shock is one of the really, really good, diverse animated series out there. And it's a must-watch if you haven't taken time to look at it ever. And next, we have Class of 3000. Sing! Na, 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 na. Anyone who remembers the show is now a bad beer. Didn't they tell you that I was a savage? You're a husband and you're a savage. But you never could imagine. Never thought you could have it. Yo, me, I, 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 I,
but yeah um class of 2000 um has a funny backstory so a lot of, for those of you who don't know it originally started as a adult swim pitch um based on andre 3000's the love below album but he wanted to try something new so on november 3rd 2006 the dream of a diverse group of children with a quirky mentor came to fruition now at the time the show could not get any of the top animators at the time like seth mcfarland was big um craig mccracken like craig mccracken who was um powerpuff girls fame there we go and they're just kind of saw it as like a um another celeb trying to get money thing but this is something that andre was actually pretty invested in so they actually hired interns um from like local art schools who um incorporated their own ideas and their work which is why there has never been such a more unique treasure um tre treasure animation wise ever the characters are beautiful the music oh my god the music i did some rewatching for this like i mentioned and oh my god i knew andre oh, with andre was gonna slap but not as hard as i originally thought i thought it was gonna be like mediocre slapping like you know kind of listen to it being you're like okay i can vibe i can vibe but no this is like studio quality andre 3000 but now it's a mother another great must watch from cartoon network this was back when they were doing the original like hey you good at animating? You got a great story to tell? You can come tell us. But this was like a personal pitch because um, one of the heads of Cartoon Network, I forgot his name at the time, he was like, I really just need something fresh, something hip, something neat. And then Andre and actually Outkast came out with their double-sided album. He was like, Andre? Or actually at first he was like Outkast and then um, half of Outkast is like, I'm out, deuces. <laughs> so Andre got the gig. <laughs> Now, we have Mucha Lucha, Mucha Lucha, Mucha Lucha, Mucha Lucha. Anyone who remembers Mucha Lucha is also a bad beer. <laughs> okay. But no, it's, um, it was released in 2002, and it's another Warner Brothers, um, Kids Warner Brothers Network banger about a group of masked wrestlers who go to um, school, too. And as I've heard reviewers say, it's fun. And darn tootin' right it is. It's hilarious. Flea. Um, he's, he, he can get very irritating at times but i think he's a very funny side character there's a lot of great um humor and they were just very creative with the characters um but and their humor like i said is was juvenile but it was a good loud chuckle kind of like humor you know and of course like i'll see earlier can't forget one of the most banging theme songs of all time mucha lucha mucha lucha mucha lucha okay now, the whole series was animated in Flash, so that's amazing for that fact only. And one of the um, videos I watched, actually, that was talking about the um, the legacy of Mucha Lucha, they because they did in Flash, like, you can watch this show that was released in 2002 in, like, 4K, because when you um, create certain things, like, certain things like Photoshop, when you um, enhance the photo, you get pixels. With Flash, you don't really get pixels, so... When you see, like, um, Amazon Prime has Mucha Lucha, if anyone's interested. Um, and when you see the animation, you're like, oh my god, this was 2002, and I'm like, bro, I'm telling you, consistency. Now, we have Hi, Hi, Puffy, Ami, Yumi, released in 2004. So this show was um, the animated version of a popular J-pop duo at the time. I think they still are. I, haven't, I didn't do that research to see if they still are. But the group was called Puffy, Ami, Yumi. And they wanted to make their debut in America with their fifth studio album under the name Puffy. 
before P. Diddy was like, ah, and sued them. And thus, Puffy Ami Yubi was born. Many of um, them know them for the Teen Titans thing, and I don't need to sing that because y'all know it's a banger. Teen Titans! Eh, okay, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. Um, but I overall really loved the show, especially as a kid. It was cute, funny, and the music was fire. Everything you needed in a Cartoon Network show, really. But of course, it was done well with a lot of effort put into the show by everyone who worked on it. They had little live-action bits where um, Ami and Yumi would kind of come and sing some of their new songs. And I remember just like vibing, man. Oh, I can't, I can't even describe how much I love that show growing up. <laughs> and it was one of those really. Um, it wasn't one of. It wasn't the first one in a long time because they had another group that did it before, but to very little success. But that was back in the eighties, back when animation was seen as child's play. Um, but you know, times were changing. The sea, the tides of change were around, and we got Homegirl on the case. Now, unfortunately, as I was working on this, I forgot to write a mini script for Mike Tyson's Mysteries. But for those who haven't checked it out, please do. Amazing show. Um, I unfortunately didn't write a script, and like I said, I'm too tired to start doing my research now. I have an appointment tomorrow at 9.30 a.m., so now I gotta drive far, and I'm just like... Right. I I don't know why I just gave y'all my appointment time. I guess I haven't given you the location, but look for me. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the last show I would love to give an honorable mention to, and a very very honorable mention at that, is OKKO, which there was a series online released in 2013, but the show didn't officially air on Cartoon Network until 2017, because it had a very weird start. Thing it started with a game. Or they started with the miniseries, and then they had a game, and then they had like another short miniseries, and then they had the show. So, a lot happened. But this show was um, released, kind of released around the same time as Steven Universe. So, you know, it was like during the animation revival. Everyone was like, oh, we're getting intellectual, but we want to enjoy our craft. Now, made by fellow Ghana boy Ian Jones Kwate, who also worked on Steven Universe and Adventure Time, meaning... He's amazing. It's about a boy named K.O. who works in a bodega with his friends, who also just happens to be, like, they all just happen to be superheroes. Now, like I said, it started as a short, and Cartoon Network gave my boy and his crew a chance because Cartoon Network wanted to return to Sender and get newer stories as a part of their channel. Like I was mentioning with, um, um, I think it was Class of 3000? Yeah, they wanted to get more bright minds on the track, so they did, like, that same kind of thing, starting in, like, 2013, 2014, and OKKO OK was one of them. Um, so, OKKO OK is different in so many ways, and it's mostly because of its animation. It is animated all over the world, but most of its influence is Japanese animation, and is animated by some Japanese studios. Like it has different animation styles as the episodes progress, because different studios are working on it. And so, majority of OKKO OK is majority hand drawn on paper and scanned. It's a beautiful return to sender of 2D animation with colorful characters and great storytelling. One you should definitely turn on um a show you should definitely turn on in the background, but you know, you'll be intrigued to stick around and watch more. So on that note, I would say I did talk fast, I did talk a lot. But I think I've said my piece that TV animation, in my opinion, is way better than major motion picture animation depending on what we're talking about in what regard 
there's there's some um hollywood movies i can make um you know i can um voice some love about but tv animation has always had a soft spot in my heart because imagine it's 2005 it's a cold winter day the new episode of avatar the last airbender is coming up next is actually um juniper lee on cartoon network so they changed the channel then they have reruns of mucha lucha and static shock and Yu-Gi-Oh. like doesn't that just sound good you have a hot chocolate cup you're lying in a blanket your school's closed on a snow day and it's like an actual snow day not global warming snow day like i just love it like i don't even know what to say it's just like the, one of the best feelings in the world it makes me not need a man because my man is animation <laughs> and it's always been holding us down since the beginning of time so here i go again with my love to animators thank you so much for putting your time effort love care passion drive into these programs because there are people out there that look at them and go man this was great this was inspiring i feel motivated the adrenaline's rushing and it makes me happy so on that note thank you tv animators and thanks for tuning into another episode of I can't riff to save my life. But follow me on Instagram at A-C-C-E-S-S-D-A-N-I-E-D-D. Everyone have a good night. Stay blessed. Kiss your mama good night. And have a good time. Bye-bye.